This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. While most people eagerly await the arrival of summer so they can take a cooling plunge in any available body of water and forget all their troubles, some have witnessed the less than desirable aspects of nature. Today's destination may not be ideal for any who suffers from thassalophobia, a type of specific phobia defined by a chronic, extreme dread of deep bodies of water, such as the ocean or the sea. It's advised that anyone wanting to visit today's destination be a professional diver, but even your experience and expertise may not be enough to ensure your survival. Welcome to Destination Terror, your passport to the scariest places in the world. From haunted hotels to locations of unexplained creature sightings, we will travel to places that will provide excitement, adventure, and horror. Today we are discussing the Blue Hole in Dahab, Egypt, a diving location on the southeast Sinai, a few kilometers north of Dahab, on the coast of the Red Sea. The Blue Hole is a submarine sinkhole with a maximum depth within the hole of just over 100 meters. The dive site is reputed to have the most diver fatalities in the world, with estimates of between 130 and 200 fatalities in recent years. So if you're into travel and all things scary, listen close and you might just discover your next exciting adventure destination. But hopefully, not your final destination. Destination Terror is an EerieCast original podcast hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to send us a suggestion or submit a story with your own experience, you can email them to 
carmencarrion at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at carmencarrion. If you enjoy the show, please follow and rate Destination Terror on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Also, check out EerieCast.com for more scary podcasts, such as Tales from the Break Room, featuring allegedly true and terrifying stories that happened on the job. Aiden hadn't come from a modest upbringing. He grew up in Cabra, Dublin, Ireland. With a wealthy businessman for a father and a mother whose family had money in their own right, he had lived a life of travel and luxury. For someone that had more than most, Aiden never acted like a spoiled brat. Always courteous and polite, he treated everyone with respect, a trait that was bludgeoned into him by his father. A man that had grown up very poor and had to fight for his position in life, always making sure that Aiden was aware that not everyone was as lucky as them, constantly reminding him to never take an opportunity for granted. He had the utmost respect for his father, so as he grew, Aiden had always lived by his father's words. They would go on summer trips, sometimes for a month. Seeing other countries and cultures, Aiden was always excited to learn how other people lived. He also loved adventure. Rock climbing, parasailing, bungee jumping, nothing was off limits. During his years in college, the family's summer trips were replaced by Aiden and his friends going on their own vacations. His father paid for most of the expenses, declaring that the boy had earned it. As he was an excellent student and had always proven himself to be responsible and trustworthy, it was at that time Aiden had found his first true love, scuba diving. What started as snorkeling with his friends while drinking on the beach quickly turned into a love of exploring the mysterious world of the ocean. Seeing what no one had laid eyes on in many years, if ever, was exhilarating. The precise equipment, rules, and slight danger also played into Aiden's adventurous, yet studious nature. It wasn't long before most of his vacations were spent diving. Locations were based on the best diving areas around the world. Instead of tourist attractions and the best places to party, he found like-minded people and soon they had become his friends and mentors. He started learning the more professional aspects of his favorite hobby. No one knew more than his friend Harvey, an older man who had been diving for years. Harvey would dive for recreation and was also a well-known search and rescue diver, as well as being paid to film underwater for explorers. Aiden had often wished he could follow in Harvey's footsteps, though he knew his family would not approve. So he dared not to dream in depth for too long. He'd have to settle for diving as an avid hobby. If that's all there was, he would take it for now. At some point, he'd be his own man and make decisions based on what he wanted. Harvey had always told him to be patient and learn all he could. The day had come when Aiden had graduated from college. His parents had been pushing him to quickly grab up a job and start getting experience in his field. He had coaxed them into letting him go on vacation for a while to get some much-needed relaxation before jumping into the world. It wasn't relaxation he had really been chasing, more just a good excuse to go diving. 
Aiden was quickly trying to find recruits to come with him. His first invite would obviously be his best friend, Sian, a diving buddy that was close to his age, who had also been learning. Aiden had been slightly envious of Sian at times, because diving seemed to come natural to him. Sian was also getting to chase the dreams that Aiden wished he could. Though more importantly, Sian shared the same love of diving, and that was enough to form a common bond. Just as Aiden had expected, Sian had jumped at the opportunity. They both begged Harvey and some of his friends to come with them. Every attempt was shot down. They all had prior engagements and would not be able to join. This left Aiden disappointed because now he'd have to do the average diving trip instead of doing something more epic. He didn't yet feel comfortable enough to tackle a trip like Harvey would do on his own or even with Sian, who didn't have much more experience than himself. Aiden had wanted to dive the Blue Hole of Dahab, a place Harvey had dove more than once and had told him was one of the most dangerous yet beautiful dives he had done. It had disheartened Aiden even more when at the mere mention of going there, Harvey had told them to stick to the basics until I can come with you. He let both the boys know that they weren't ready for that yet. Aiden felt like a schoolboy had gotten in trouble. Sian seemed more offended and said, who needs him? Harvey just holds us back anyway. We can't listen to him forever. At first, Aiden was wounded to hear Sian say such things about their teacher and friend, though he also had the feeling that Sian might be right. Sometimes, doing something you're not ready for is how you learn and get better. It wasn't long before Aiden gave in and said they could go, on the agreement that they would follow all the rules and restrictions. Sian agreed, saying, Hell, I want to have fun, not drown. So the young men booked their trip, and soon were on their way to prove themselves capable. It was slightly scary for Aiden, as he hadn't ever done such a thing without approval. At the same time, it was liberating and gave him a feeling of freedom. After a long trip, the boys found themselves in Dahab, a town not far from Cairo, Egypt. After they had stopped at a restaurant and had dinner and a few drinks, they decided to check out the beach. Looking across the water, they could barely see the outline of land in the distance. Sian told Aiden they were looking at Saudi Arabia. As the sun was setting, Aiden thought it was truly beautiful. The beach where they stood wasn't quite what he had hoped, as there was much more trash than he would have expected for such a popular tourist destination. It wasn't enough to make the moment any less beautiful, just enough to aggravate the slightly negative feeling he couldn't shake. Tomorrow they would be scouting the area where they could start their dive. He was ready and excited, but becoming more terrified by every passing minute. That night, Aiden couldn't sleep. He tossed and turned while Sian snored away. Once he did finally slip into sleep, it wasn't restful as his strange anxiousness wouldn't let up. The next thing he knew, he was awoken to a loud sound. He jumped from his bed only to find Sian had slammed his palm onto the table next to him. His friend was laughing, telling him to get his lazy ass out of bed. Sian told Aiden, it's time to go find out 
if we're real divers or just snorkelers for life. The boys quickly loaded their gear and headed for the area where the blue hole awaited them. There were canopies with couches down close to the water. Aiden was checking his gear, making sure his tank had its safety straps in place, and everything was working properly. He was so immersed in this ritual that he hadn't noticed Sian had slipped away. Once he looked up and noticed he couldn't find his friend, he began to say Sian's name out loud. Not sure why he was so concerned, as Sian had a well-known knack for wandering off. Somehow Aiden felt on high alert. After he had waited over half an hour, he got up and was getting ready to go find him. Just as he started to walk, Sian came running from the other direction, putting his hands out, saying, It's okay, Dad. Just needed to pee. Aiden answered back with, Took long enough. Sian told him he was on his way back when he had ran into some other tourist on the beach. They were telling him about a memorial wall with the names of some of the divers who had died there. He explained he had to check it out. He said he was trying to read some of the foreign names when he noticed a girl standing behind him. She had been staring at him and smiled deeply. Sian said that he had tried to talk to her. He defended himself saying she was just that kind of pretty, while smirking. Aiden rolled his eyes and reminded Sian that he needed to stay focused. He also told him that knowing there was a memorial there wasn't helping his uneasy feelings about going through with the dive. Sian reassured him it wasn't dangerous as long as they followed the rules and didn't deviate. Aiden took a deep breath and said, Okay, let's do this. Sian clapped his hands and replied, That's the spirit. Soon they were suited up and in the water. The two looked around and gave each other the thumbs up and submerged themselves in the water. It wasn't long before Aiden's fear turned into relaxation. The beauty of the sea life and looking at the ocean floor had put him at ease. After all, this is why he loved it. The first hour had proven to be fun and exciting. They were pointing and showing each other things about the strange-looking fish and were even playing with some of them. Then they came to the arch. It was the part of the dive they had agreed to stay away from. Many divers before had gone through it and didn't make it back out. No one was sure why, but Aiden didn't want to find out. He gave Sian the signal that it was time to turn back. Sian gave the okay sign, and just before he turned back, he seemed to see something that distressed him. He began trying to get Aiden to look at the arch, though he had and didn't see anything. Sian began heading back for it, with Aiden grabbing at him, trying to pull him back. Sian fought hard and kept going, almost as if he was trying to save someone's life. Aiden, not wanting to leave him, followed. They went into the arch and began working their way through the tunnels. The ceilings were almost cathedral-like, just like Harvey had described. It was then that Aiden saw something that burned into his mind. Two hands reached out and grabbed his friend. Whoever the hands belonged to was in front of Sian, so Aiden couldn't see the full body. They embraced Sian and began pulling him down into the depths. Aiden followed as long as he could, 
but he knew he was already going too deep. Sian had managed to turn his head, so he was facing Aiden. That's when Aiden could have sworn he saw tears coming from his friend's eyes. Just as his heart was breaking for his friend, the thing that had grabbed him turned and faced Aiden. It was the face of what looked like a beautiful girl, though her eyes were black and sunk in, and her teeth looked like black coal. She let out an eerie hiss that was muffled by the water. She grabbed Sian so tight with one hand that her long nails had penetrated his diving suit. Aiden could see the blood clouding the water. With her other hand, she swiped at Aiden. In shock of what he had seen, he turned and swam back to the front of the arch. He kept swimming hard, not looking back. He began to feel disoriented, with almost a drunk feeling. Aiden knew he had to slow down, as he was suffering from decompression sickness, a common side effect of a diver surfacing too fast. He tried adamantly to slow down, and just as he thought he would pass out, somehow he broke the surface of the water, like breaking a sheet of glass. He grabbed his mask off his face and began trying to scream, but could only gasp. Aiden made his way to the beach. He dropped his things and fell face first on the ground. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. A vast chasm that extends over 328 feet into the Red Sea lies off the shore of Dahab, Egypt. The Red Sea Blue Hole which is surrounded by coral and reef fish and has a stunning cathedral-like arch, has earned the moniker Diver's Graveyard because to its natural beauty, which continues to draw numerous divers to their death. The little hamlet of Dahab, which was formerly a straightforward Budin fishing community, is today one of the Sinai Peninsula's most well-liked diving locations because to their crystal clear waters, vibrant fish, and complicated walls and canyons, a number of adjacent dive destinations have gained a reputation on a global scale. One of these is the Blue Hole, a submerged sinkhole with a dubious reputation as the world's most dangerous dive spot. In the vicinity of the hole, 
at least 40 divers have perished, although the true death toll is thought to be closer to 200. Memorial plaques surrounding the entrance pay tribute to the many divers who have attempted to traverse the submerged cave system. Although the exact reason why the Red Sea Blue Hole is the world's most dangerous diving destination is still unknown, it's believed that the hole's geological structure is to blame. The shallow 20-foot entrance called the Saddle is close to the Dahab shore and plunges straight down for 328 feet. The hole leads off to a tunnel called the Arch, which is 181 feet down the sea cliff. The tunnel is compared to an underwater cathedral because of its 85-foot length and 213-foot floor to ceiling height. Explorers dive into the Blue Hole often every day in spite of, or perhaps because of, its sinister reputation as a dangerous place to be. The Blue Hole Arch is avoided by tourists on tours and by recreational divers. But some thrill-seekers insist on going through the tunnel that has claimed so many lives. In 1992, a technical diver from Dahabd named Tarek Omar started delving into the hole. Soon after, in 1997, he started locating bodies. Omar earned the nickname Bone Collector as he began to remove more bodies from the depths. Some local divers and instructors who operate in the area feel that the high number of fatalities is due to some people's inexperience and lack of information when attempting to enter the arch. Divers risk falling victim to nitrogen narcosis, also known as the Martini Effect, which causes physical and mental impairment, similar to that caused by alcohol. If they miss the entrance and continue down to the arch's 328 feet depth, this is because the depth of the arch's entrance is difficult to see. Divers tend to run out of oxygen while attempting to exit through the arch due to underestimating the enormous length of the tunnel and the additional energy required to swim against the stream flowing in from the open ocean. Many risks exist at the Red Sea Blue Hole, and as a result, many highly skilled and prepared divers have perished there. The Blue Hole is expected to continue being the world's most dangerous diving location, as the number of visitors doesn't seem to be declining. The Blue Hole was routinely avoided by the local Budin fishermen, who fished along the Red Sea's coast long before it gained popularity among foreign divers. Many people said the location was cursed and that a girl's ghost haunted it after she drowned herself there to avoid an arranged marriage. They say that the girl's name was Shaheen. She was in love with a young man that her parents didn't approve of. They wanted her to marry someone else. So Shaheen, seeing no way out, jumped into the blue hole. Locals believe that's why her soul still appears to be young and attractive. It's also believed by some that she calls young men into the blue hole as revenge for her lost love and death. The Blue Hole was first discovered by Israeli divers in 1968. It's a remarkable column of deep water that is protected from coastal tides by a shallow sea outlet known as the Saddle. During the dive, they found a 26-meter tunnel with a depth range of 55 meters at its ceiling to about 120 meters where it dips into the Red Sea. This tunnel connects the hole to the sea below, 
Outside the tunnel, the depth of the ocean floor drops down quickly to more than a kilometer. The arch is the name given nowadays to this blue hole feature. The arch appears to have played a significant role in making the blue hole so dangerous, even if the rest of it is a safe dive in calm seas. One estimate from the German journal Spiegel Online places the death toll between 2007 and 2012 at 130. Some estimates go as high as 200. Many times people who were lost were skilled technical divers. Most divers agree that the length and depth of the arch make for a challenging technical dive that requires good gas management to accomplish on a single air tank, even though there is no agreement on why the blue hole has proven to be so lethal. Delays and mistakes both increase the likelihood that a diver won't have enough air to safely ascend to the surface without developing decompression sickness, or worse, will run out of air entirely. Other things could also play a role. The dive frequently seems to be much less perilous than it actually is because it's located to a well-known diving facility and is in warm, clear water. A diver runs the risk of going deeper than they are prepared for if they miss the opening to the arch due to its tricky location. Divers getting into problems right away before realizing the danger and that they are deeper in water than they anticipated appears to be a significant contributing factor in a number of deaths. Unbelievably, a diver in trouble is frequently helpless even when only a few meters too deep, even when accompanied by expert guides. Divers significantly underestimate the required swim distance due to the absence of reference points and the visible light on the opposite side. The tunnel was visually assessed by divers to be less than half its actual length, or about 10 meters on average. Although it's strictly forbidden to dive with compressed air below 40 meters in the Red Sea for safety reasons, many visitors claim that diving instructors are willing to break the law for a charge. Some even give novice customers so-called safe dives beneath the arch. In order to ensure that divers only enter with a qualified guide, Egyptian officials have now stationed a permanent police presence at the Blue Hole. The most well-known incident at the location occurred in 2000, when Russian-Israeli diver Yuri Lipsky, 22, drowned in the Blue Hole. As Lipsky attempted the dive with just one tank, he started to descend erratically, reaching a depth of about 115 meters, or 377 feet. He's thought to have had severe nitrogen narcosis, a form of anesthesia brought on by some gases when they are under high pressure, similar to the effect of nitrous oxide. He was trying frantically when he accidentally took off his regulator and drowned. One of the top divers in the world that I mentioned earlier, Tarek Omar, found Lipsky's body the following day. It was discovered that his helmet camera was still in working order and had captured the details of his demise. As the video was eventually posted online, Lipsky's passing became well known. Many of the Blue Hole victims' bodies cannot be safely recovered, just like many of the dead on Mount Everest. Therefore, they remain there permanently. Omar claimed in a 2012 interview that he had lost count of the dead he had pulled from the hole, starting with the two young Irish divers in 1997. He described them as being engaged in an eerie hug 
probably as a result of one getting into trouble and dragging down the other as he tried to help. Visiting Dahab, Egypt, many people find it tempting not to leave. Although Dahab is a wonderful holiday destination, few tourists still go there. While the vast majority of visitors are familiar with Sham el-Sheikh and Hergada, a small number choose to spend their holidays in Dahab. Dahab is nine hours by bus from Cairo City and one hour by aircraft from Sham el-Sheikh Airport. The cab ride from Sham el-Sheikh Airport takes about an hour. It's well situated geographically along the Red Sea and encircled by the stunning Sinai Mountains giving anyone looking to unwind a magnificent vista. This stunning location is peaceful, making it a wonderful location for a holiday. Don't let this town's small size fool you. There are plenty of intriguing things to do there. Several visitors come to Dahab with the intention of staying there for a few days, but wind up staying for weeks, months, or even years. Some people make it their second home, and a few others find jobs and settle down there permanently. Located to the north of Dahab on the coast of the Red Sea, the Blue Hole is believed to be one of the deadliest dive centers in the world. And it's for this reason the Egyptian authorities only allow snorkeling, and diving is only acceptable for qualified divers who go along with certified diving instruction. Although while diving is the Blue Hole's main claim to fame, many visitors opt to snorkel instead to explore and take in the underwater splendor. The Blue Hole is home to a variety of underwater animals, including corals, sea goldies, and red sea clownfish. If you intend to visit the Blue Hole, be sure and remember to put safety first, as this location could easily be your final destination. Aiden suddenly realized he had no time to waste. He jumped to his feet and started running, tripping and falling. He was still wearing his scuba gear and began to rip it off while limping trying to run. He found some people not far from where he had surfaced and began begging them to get help. It didn't take them very long to understand what he was trying to tell them. One of the young men from the group dropped his things and began sprinting across the beach. The young couple that was with him knelt at Aiden's side trying to comfort him, asking what had happened. Aiden opened his mouth and started to talk, though he quickly stopped. He knew he couldn't tell them what he had actually seen. No one would believe him. The last thing he needed was for everyone to accuse him of being crazy. So he did the only thing he knew to do. He told the people that he and his friend had been diving the blue hole. They got carried away and decided to go a little further than they were supposed to. Aiden explained that once they were there, they got separated due to low visibility. He had freaked out and swam for the surface, just barely making it. The couple were no longer sympathetic. They were now treating Aiden as if he was a villain. Almost like this tragedy was his fault. The man looked away, saying, Being stupid gets you what you deserve. Aiden couldn't help but feel responsible as it was. He had bad feelings from the start and didn't act on them. In many ways, he felt like he deserved to be treated less than human. His own selfish desires had just gotten his friend killed. Soon the beach was crawling with authorities, 
Aiden was questioned several times and was beginning to get tired of answering. Frustration was beginning to grow. He stared with anger in his eyes at the man in front of him. Before he could stop himself, he belted out, Why don't you stop asking questions and just go look for Sian? The man calmly but coldly answered, Your friend has been under long enough. His air has surely run out. At this point, it will be an attempted recovery, not a rescue. And besides, not everyone is so willing to risk their lives the same as you obviously are. Aiden looked at the ground, hating himself more. After another hour, the man he had been talking to told him for now he was free to go. Aiden didn't like the sound of that. Almost as if he would be facing trouble for his friend's death. He had no choice but to go back to the hotel room he and Sian had been sharing. As soon as he walked through the door, the hair raised on the back of his neck. At the same time, Aiden's stomach began to turn. Right in front of him was Sian's duffel bag. The realization that Sian was gone and would never be coming back to retrieve his things set in. Aiden couldn't hold back tears. He sat on his bed for an unknown amount of time, weeping. And as he was playing out the incident in his head, something hit him that gave him chills. He kept seeing the thing that had grabbed his friend, the pain in Sian's eyes as he was pulled to the depths of the ocean. The demon had clutched Sian and tried to grab Aiden himself as well. The look in its dead eyes was like a hateful hunger to have him. Chills shot down his spine. He had a sudden urge to take a shower, as if washing could clean the tainted water that he had shared with that beast and his doomed friend away. The warm water on his face felt amazing. Aiden stood letting the shower rain down on top of his head. Just when he had a moment of peace from the tragedy that clouded his mind, that being's face locked in his thoughts. Aiden could swear he heard a woman's voice in his head. It sounded sweet and comforting though so faint he couldn't make out what it was saying. Aiden quieted his mind, trying to hear, as if it was as important as life or death. He felt warm and calm. Just as he was starting to feel a strange happiness, Aiden heard a loud knocking on his door. He jerked back from the water, choking and gasping for air. The water that was warm and soothing was now ice cold. Aiden had no idea how long he had been standing there with his face under the running water. He slipped and fell, trying to cough the water out of his lungs. While attempting to get up, he heard another loud banging on his door. Not having time to process what had just happened to him, Aiden ran to answer whoever had come calling, hoping desperately that it was someone sent to tell him they had found Sian alive. Though what actually happened next... Aiden had not been prepared for. As he unlocked the door and swung it open, all the hope was drained out of him. It was replaced with shame and guilt. Before him stood Harvey, with an angry and piercing stare on his face. He didn't give Aiden a chance to say a word. He shouted, You just couldn't do it, could you? You couldn't listen. You had to jump and do something stupid. And now your friend, our friend, is dead. Aiden answered, saying desperately, It wasn't just my idea. Sian wanted to go just as bad as I did. 
Harvey swiped his hand towards Aiden, as if he was swatting the comment to the ground. They stood in silence for a moment. Then Harvey informed him that in the morning he would go retrieve seeing from the water. As Aiden began to argue, Harvey stopped him saying, You two were my students. I won't have anyone else risking themselves to clean this mess up. He then informed Aiden that after he had found what he could of Sian, that he never wanted to speak to him again. Aiden talked over him, trying to explain that there was something in the water with them, something evil that had caused this. He went on saying that they were being safe, and it was almost like Sian had been lured to his death. Harvey laughed sarcastically. He told Aiden that it's called nitrogen narcosis. He accused them of diving too deep. Aiden, still trying to explain, answered back saying, No, whatever it was is still bothering me. I can feel it. Harvey shook his head and told Aiden there could be long-term effects. He hatefully told him he should go have his head looked at as he slammed the door, leaving Aiden alone. Aiden looked up at the clock. There was obviously no chance of sleeping now. He hadn't realized it was 5.30 in the morning. It made Aiden question how long he had been standing in the shower with his face directly under the water. Lost as to what to do, Aiden decided to research the other divers that had perished there. He found nothing other than that divers would miscalculate how much air they would need, not realizing the tunnel was longer than they had predicted. Some of them were ill-experienced and Aiden could see where such a mistake could be made though a few were well-seasoned professional divers, and it just didn't seem to make sense that they would have made such a rookie mistake. That's when Aiden had seen the article about some of the locals believing that the blue hole had been cursed. There were a few different stories that all ended the same. A young woman had drowned there, and they believed that she haunted the area. She would appear to young men and lure them into the water. Most were never seen again. Aiden felt stupid for even considering such a thing could be true. As he sat, knees bouncing with nervousness, he tried to convince himself to stay put. Aiden kept thinking about what had happened in the shower and to his friend. He could no longer stand it. He jumped up and grabbed his gear. He wouldn't lose another friend to the blue hole, no matter what the reason. As he was driving, he kept thinking he could almost hear the woman's sweet voice in his head. At one point, he looked in the rearview mirror and could almost have sworn he saw the shadowy outline of a woman in his back seat. He actually heard a gurgle and slammed on his brakes, the cars behind him honking and driving around. Now Aiden was sweating and couldn't tell if his rush was to save his friend or if he was being drawn back. Either way, he couldn't help but go. Once he had made it back to the beach, Aiden could see people standing around. He asked one of the observers what was going on. She answered, telling him that a professional diver had gone down the blue hole to find that guy's body from the day before. Aiden knew instantly it had to be Harvey. He was too late. He didn't care. He snuck off to the side and threw his gear on. He waited till he felt like no one was looking. Then he darted down to the water and slipped in. He could hear someone yell, Hey, what the hell are you doing? 
as he submerged. Aiden quickly swam toward the blue hole. Seeing the fish in the coral, all the things he loved about it the day before, were dead to him now. He would use his skill for purpose instead of interest for once. He had hoped he would see Harvey on his way back with Cian before he even reached that horrible place. Though it was a hope that proved empty. Aiden reached the arch and began to swim in. He didn't even consider that he might not return this time. He quickly swam through the narrow openings and even got hung up a time or two, but managed to break free. Once he had entered the tunnel with the cathedral-like ceilings, he found a sickening sight. Harvey was swimming toward him with what looked like Sian's body. Sian was no longer wearing any of his gear, just the scuba suit. It looked as though Harvey had to strip all of it from him to make it easier to drag him back to the surface. Harvey spotted Aiden, probably not knowing it was him. He gave a few hand signs that probably could have been interpreted that he had the body, and it was okay to go back up. Aiden was sweating so much that it was actually getting in his eyes, causing them to burn. As he followed Harvey, he kept getting the crazy sensation to take his mask off. He was breathing heavily, but felt he couldn't get enough air. He suddenly began trembling and had to stop. Harvey noticed and came back to check on him. He put his hand out and touched Aiden's head. Aiden jerked alive and grabbed Harvey and began trying to take his mask off. It was then that Harvey realized it was Aiden. He was trying desperately to figure out what was wrong with him and why he would do such a thing. As they wrestled, Harvey's face got close to Aiden's and he could see that his eyes had gone black. There was a cruelness in them that cut Harvey to the bone. He managed to kick himself loose from Aiden's grip. As he was swimming back, Aiden grabbed his own mask and pulled it from his face. He let his breathing regulator float away from his mouth and smiled just before he sucked in water. Harvey watched in horror as Aiden almost gladly drowned in front of him. His first thought was maybe he had been too hard on the boy, causing him to come back to take his own life the way his friend had lost his. Harvey didn't have time to mourn or to question Aiden's actions. He was running out of energy and needed to get Sian's body to the surface. He would have to come back for Aiden. He swam quickly but tried to be careful so as not to run out of oxygen. He was nearing the entrance when something grabbed the safety strap on his tank. It pulled with so much force it actually dragged him back several feet. As he regained his wits, absolute terror filled him. What he saw before him was impossible. A dark-haired woman-type figure was in front of him. She looked as though she had died several years before but was only slightly preserved by the cool waters. Harvey struggled to keep hold of anything as the creature grabbed his feet and began to pull him further into the abyss. Clawing for the rocks, he only managed to grab Sian's body. The female demon pulled Harvey and his dead friend further down. They passed Aiden's lifeless body. Harvey began to kick as hard as he could fighting the fate he knew awaited him if he didn't try. Finally, 
Somehow, he managed to break free of her grip. With an instant of relief, Harvey kicked off the rocks and jetted the other direction. Just as he thought he was home free, Cian's eyes opened. They were black and looked the same as Aiden's had. Cian grabbed Harvey by the waist with an almost crushing squeeze. The lady demon grabbed his shoulder so hard from behind he felt his collarbone crack under the pressure. She reached over the back of his head and stripped his mask from his face. Cian began pulling on his regulator and Harvey bit down trying to keep it in place. With one quick hard pull, Cian ripped several of Harvey's teeth and the regulator from his mouth, tearing his gums with them. The force almost knocked Harvey out. As the pain was bringing him back to himself, Harvey opened his eyes, just long enough to inhale water as the three of them sank into nothingness. Thank you for joining us to explore the Blue Hole in Dahab, Egypt. Tune in next week as we discuss another terrific location. I'm Carmen Carrion. Remember, you can send me suggestions and stories of haunted places to my email, carmencarrion at gmail.com, or follow me on Twitter at carmencarrion. Be sure to check out eeriecast.com for more terrifying podcasts. Until next time, be safe out there until I see you at our next destination. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.